the Easter weekend is gone and Supercoach was the reverse of Easter Noah. We all rose on the Friday and went down <laughs> on the Sunday. That's exactly how it went. We did, we did the, the reverse Jesus is what I like to call it. And yeah, it was just, it's, it's just really testing my patience now, Supercoach. It's really, really going downhill. Yeah, it's time to dust ourselves off. I reckon you have to go again, but oh, it's getting hard to keep bloody having oh, it yeah. going because there's always a new issue every week. When you exactly. think something's right with your side, it all goes downhill. Uh, before we jump into the rankings, uh, remember to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, like the podcast. 35 likes, ideally, on SoundCloud is our aim. I think we yep. hit our target last week. I think we're just going to go up in, in five like increments each, yep. each podcast yeah. until we hit 100. <laughs> Uh, remember to follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes and leave a positive iTunes review. Not We haven't looked at them for a while, so there might be more. But I don't think there's, I don't think there's any, to be honest. <laughs> keep them positive, people. All right, so our teams, Noah, you can go yeah. first. Right. On a very catastrophic week for most. Yep. Uh, scored 2040, which, you know, was probably around par, to be, to be honest, when looking around at the scores. I mean, a lot of people didn't even crack the 2K mark, so... You know, with the likes of Dusty and whatnot, uh, tanking it. Uh, so I have, I pretty much stayed the same. So I'm uh, ranked 7,472. So still within the top 10k. Um, still sort of within striking within dis- distance. Yeah. <laughs> if the touching distance is is a long, long way away. Um, okay, in terms of the the positives and the negatives of the weekend. Let's have a look. All right, so I mean, obviously there wasn't many, wasn't many great bright sparks. So it's going to be quite questionable, and the criteria of what makes a good player is going to be substantially lower than what usually it is. So obviously, top score was uh, House, yes, Dalhouse with one hundred and forty-five points, which is good. I had the VC on him on. Thursday afternoon and took it off him and decided to put it on Luke Parker for some reason. So, well, even if I took Parker's score, it would have been better than Danger anyway. Yeah. Um, so 145 for House. Uh, Zach Merritt, 120, was quite good. I was quite worried at the start as he didn't touch it for about the first half of the first quarter. Um, so that was good. Uh, Clayton Oliver, 112, probably should have scored a lot more than that too. Uh, a lot of 90s, so every, pretty much everyone else in my midfield other than Parfitt scored 90s. Parker, 92. Beams, 90. Pendles, 94. Danger, 90, which was disappointing. Um, Laird, 112, was good. Uh, Shaw, 79. Was actually not too bad considering he got injured, I think. And then went and played forward, yeah. Yeah, was running very well in the forward line, so I'm not sure what happened yeah. there. Uh, Simpson 84 was okay, <laughs> but I want more from him. We were uh, discussing Simo's role just before. Yeah, I don't Interesting like it. Interesting new role. I don't like it. It's, it's the Bob Murphy 2017 role, basically, where he's sort of starting in defence and then he's sort of just just floating around, floating on a wing, floating forward, uh, kicked, a, kicked a great goal. Uh, in the, I think, third quarter. So that was Doherty uh, assisted him. Those two go everywhere together. Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, Sandy was a phenomenal recovery to score 91. He was on 43 at three-quarter time. And I was just thinking, this is not good. Um, but he did very, very well. Uh, other than that, Sean Higgins, 75, bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to say, if you say Sean Higgins, <laughs> 75 is good, we've reached a new lowest standard of all exactly. time. Exactly. Um, Parfit 52 was average, but I did play him over Power Pepper, so I won 11 points there. So that was good. Uh, Hampton, 52. I mean, I'm just expect, not expecting much from him anymore. Uh, Newman, 80, was good. Backed it up. Um, not too sure what's going to happen this week with a lot of the lads coming back. I think nah, really only Jared... He'll keep, he'll keep his spot, but it's just the role that he plays. I mean, I think the only um, threat to it would be Jared McVay. Uh, but Newman's shown enough to... To do to stay, I think Fox will be the one that makes way, and whoever else maybe Fox, Florence, and, Foot. and the other spot, or whatever uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyone else? No, that's me. That's me done. Average week. Right. Uh, well, I had a better week. I was on track for two thousand three hundred at one stage until <laughs> Monday went downhill for me. I scored two thousand one hundred fifty-eight, which who would have thought that would be ranked two K for the round? Crazy. The score of two hundred fifty-eight, and I jumped up the rankings from four point six K to one point five K. So 
I'm on the move, lads. Nice You're in the job. top thousand. Watch out. Someone scored two thousand. The weekly scored like two thousand four hundred. Two thousand three hundred. Really? With two thousand three hundred, got them the weekly dead on two thousand three hundred. Yeah, right, that's crazy. The, but their team was shocking, so don't don't even consider that as a good team. They're not going to be there where the whips are cracking. Was someone's comment <laughs> on the super coach thing? Couldn't agree more. Um, my defensive premiums have probably been one of the shining lights on my side. Um, Adams one thirteen, Doherty one hundred eight, Laird one hundred twelve. Andy Otten, 98. Andy Otten is the bloody cash cow of the year. Already gone up 160k. He's going to go off another he, 70k minimum this week. He's doubled his fantasy score. He's he's done the reverse Adam Trelaw. <laughs> yeah, he, he's bloody good, is Andy Otten. Uh, Newman, 80. Marshbank, 74. I had Hampton on the bench, so I escaped that. Bont, 115, was vice-captain. Uh, didn't take it. Wish I did in the end, because Danger scored 90. <laughs> Skipper, Fife, Kennedy... Well, both decent enough. Nankervis and Sandy, I'll give him a pass. Dalhouse, 145. But the special mention, Tom Lynch. Big Tommy. He was on the chopping, he was on the chopping block <laughs> last week or the week before, and he's come out and scored 161. Took him, he's from, gone from F5 to F2 in my team. Big moves by <laughs> I Tommy. I think that says more about how Supercoach has gone this year yep. than anything. <laughs> Uh, averaging 100 now, Tommy Lynch, and looks quite good. Uh, might not have to go to China um, because uh, Metricon isn't going to be affected by a nuclear war, apparently. <laughs> so we'll be playing on Metricon, and Tommy Lynch will be starring come round eight or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, the negatives. Uh, were There were a few. Tom Mitchell, 85. Uh, He's recovering very considering poor. how bad he started, but he should have, with yeah. the stats that he had, he should have definitely scored a lot more. Yep, uh, put him in the same boat as Adam Trelaw. Uh, I'll talk about Adam Trelaw later. Sam Pepper, I don't know. Don't know what's happened to SPP. He's gone downhill. He's gone very downhill. Hopefully, he should keep his spot, you reckon? Uh, yeah. The, pos- the positive thing is that he plays Carlton this week, so hopefully maybe he can... He also hurt his knee against Frio, and he's had knee strapping ever since, so mm. maybe that's affecting him. Sean Higgins, 75. Don't know what Sean's doing, just... Body prowling around the outside of the pack, measuring how big his head is. <laughs> uh, Hoskin Alley at 70. He did well. I thought he was done on 7 or 8 because he went off like he'd broken his wrist. Oh, went yes, off. I he that. went yeah. down like he was shot. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, he's back on. He I'm like, what goal. are you doing? And he had a shot on goal. But he had a shot on goal, and then he gave it up to Pendles to go off the ground to get his wrist examined. Like, Will Hoskin Alley, take the shot. Don't give it to Pendles, of all people. <laughs> uh, Butler, 64. Oh, and also a positive, I forgot. Harley Ballack. Uh, I was a big mm. advocate for him. I was at the MCG, and I had Mitch Hannon on field, saw the warm-ups, and I'm like, Harley Ballack looks prime for a big one today, lads, and I changed it, and it got me an extra 20 points. Uh, well done, Harley. Were you Everyone's a bit worried, though, when Hannon, Hannon started quite well? I was shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> when, Hannon had, when Hannon had got a goal assist, taken two lead-up marks, and was on 28 super coach, like three quarters through the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Like the I was in trouble, but Balik did well to recover. Had a very good third quarter. So that's our teams for the week. Spray Spud, Noah. Uh, I'm just going to go first because yep. I've been take it, take it away. saving this up since Sunday. Adam Bloody Trelaw. Mm. Drives me insane. I was, we were both big advocates for him in the preseason. We we're saying he's overtaking Pendles. Uh, yep. No, you, you jumped off him. I jumped off I jumped. I literally jumped off him at the last minute. As a point of difference move to see and whether it would work. And it seems like it sort of worked. <laughs> he's just absolutely butchering the ball, Trelaw. Uh, last, people are saying, oh, he'll come good and stuff. The thing is, though, he's getting the ball, which he, but he's just butchering it. And disposal is going to take a while to overcome when he's done it four or five games. In the JLT, he was butchering it at times as well. Even last year, he had a run of five games out of six, I think, under 100. So... I don't know. I think we all overestimated him, and I think Taylor Adams has taken part of his contested role. But Trelaw, come on, mate. You, I can't trade you because I have to have the faith. But just bloody fix up your disposal efficiency. It's bloody average. We all know what to do. Just force you onto the left foot. Just go down to the park and bloody practice it, Adam. It's not that hard. <laughs> bloody left foot kicks. So I'm expecting a big Anzac day for you. Um, I don't have the... <laughs> the balls to put the captaincy on you. To, uh, that would be the ultimate test of faith. But deliver for me, please. Otherwise, you might be gone next week because I'm going to have to get in Rockcliffe somehow. Yeah. 
I think everyone's going to need to find a spot for Rockley. It's like bloody 2014 all over again. Uh, uh, who's your spot? Uh, my spot, you know what? I'm looking around this side, and the... This 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 particular spud that is being sprayed is not being sprayed because they scored awfully on the weekends because they just when I watch them they're just the most frustrating thing ever. So Luke Parker, you're up, mate. Luke Parker scored ninety two, not bad, but it was on sixty four, I think sixty four at half time. I was like, yes, this is the week. Lou Parker is going to go 120 plus. He's going to go absolutely mental. This is this is the time. Far out. Second half, he he was around the ball. He was around it, but it just looked like he was doing laps around the stoppage. Like there was just all the lads in in there on top of the ball, and he was just doing laps around the stoppage. Just you know, just observing, just observe, just having a little watch of what's happening. Wasn't no urgency to try and get in there and get the footy. Um, and then my issue with Luke Parker as well is that he's not doing stuff around the ground. Like, you look at other players, they make an effort to, you know, go into defence, pick up the, the cheap mark from the kick-out, or, you know, they're on the wing, or, you know, they're doing something forward. Last year, Luke Parker was as good a forward as he was a midfielder. That was his trademark, going exactly. forward and kicking three goals. I don't think goals. he's kicked a goal this year at all. And every time he's been thrown forward, he does absolutely nothing. So, I mean, he's not being traded because uh, I, I still believe that he can he can come back. But Jesus Christ, is he bleeding cash? He was I picked him up for 600k, and he is for 541k now. So he could be under 500k very very soon. Uh, but Luke Parker, mate, uh, you gotta lift your bloody game. Before we do move on, Noah, um, we have to talk about what trades we made last <laughs> week. <laughs> You telling me, oh, you saying they're we not I trading Luke would, Parker I thought we would avoid triggered this. something in my mind. <laughs> uh, you made a very questionable decision oh, to trade. On Thursday night, I was watching the game. I'm like, geez, Josh <laughs> Kennedy's doing well. Noah is going to be flying. So I'm like, oh, look at his team to see if he's vice captain, Josh Kennedy. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? He's not there. And all of a sudden, Nick Rewald's in your team. <laughs> You traded Josh Kennedy for I Nick Rewald. Yes, I did. Why? Well, like, it could have well, been a mastermind move, but why? Explain to the people before people start unliking our page. I still believe that this this can be that this can pay off for the rest of the year. I just felt as though you know JJK had scored what an eighty in against St Kilda, which was very you know should have probably scored about fifty that game. Um, and then he scored a 60, I think, the week after. And I thought, you know what? There's Rue, who is uh, who is also a key forward, but he floats around the ground and gets touches and plays more midfield time. So I thought, let's get Nick Rewald in. Uh, didn't score horribly, Nick Rewald. Did score 97. Looked as he was though, on 30 at yes, half-time. You would have been cheating yeah, yourself. <laughs> looked as though he was about to score 60 for the game. I thought, this is just my life, just in a nutshell. <laughs> Um, but oh, he, how unlucky I am for trading a premium. Yeah, <laughs> but he recovered uh, very nicely, and I think it'll pay off in the long term. Um, but it, it did cost me a trade, so... <laughs> it did. It could work. We, we won't know until later in the year. And did you make any... I got in Newman. Did you make any other trades? Um, I did make, yes. Uh, thingo to Thingo. Omira to Oliver, which worked. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that worked well. Yeah. That was before Omira got injured as well. You had already yes, decided to Yes, I was just him. sick of him. Right yep. <laughs> yep. Well, if only you didn't pick him. Uh, underperforming premiums, Noah. <laughs> a few on the to talk about. A lot of people asking, yeah. do I trade this person? I've seen some people trading him already. Adam Trelaw will start with. I briefly touched on him. Uh, I'm going to hold him. What are your thoughts on Trelaw? Yeah, I think hold. I mean, he still scored. Like I think he started off with a hundred and or other than the eighty that he scored or whatever it was, he scored a hundred and eight, a hundred and two. Like he's still scoring tons. You just got you know you pick. Yeah. Oh, probably you know it's probably hypocritical for me to say that you pick you pick premiums for a reason. <laughs> so you gotta uh, stick with them. But but but, I mean, there's obviously the exception to if they're scoring uh, not great, uh, like JJK <laughs> for the one yes. game. Um, but Trelaw's yeah, but I think still showing that he's Trelaw, scoring well. Like exactly, yeah. like he's averaging ninety six or whatever. I think the appeal is that everyone's like, "Oh, I'm seeing the likes of Rockliffe score one hundred and seventy eight, or Dusty's coming down in price." Like 
find another way to get those blokes in through power pepper or something. Don't go trading a premium to add an extra 10 points to your score each exactly. week. And then you, by the end of the year, if you're having a donut for the last three weeks, you, there goes 250 or 300 points you're missing. Yeah. So you'll make it up in the long run if you just hold Trelaw and you'll come good. Anzac Day is the time. You'll, you'll come yeah, good. Yeah, I think, um, think Trelaw is going to have a big Anzac Day, I reckon. Heath Shaw, Noah. Some people are trading Heath Shaw. If I'm looking to bring him in in the next couple of weeks, yeah, I have I mean, no idea he's, why he's, people would be trading him. He's cheap enough. Um, was on track for a pretty decent score before he got injured. I mean, was was probably on track for about a 90 or so. Um, yeah, if Shaw, Shaw plays, I don't know why he'd be trading him. I mean, he's, the thing is with Heath Shaw, he has such a big ceiling. And he yeah. can just come out and score, you know, 150 plus. He's due. He's very he's due for a big one, and it looks like he'll play against Sydney, so I think he will do quite well. And the thing about Shaw is that it's not as if he's getting the possessions that he usually gets and champion data's changed the scoring on him or something. Like, he has the capability of getting 30, 35 touches a game, yeah. and he gets in a streak. Like, last year, only had two tons in the last 10 or 12 games, so you've got to expect a bit of inconsistency at times, yeah. but he'll come good, and when he does, he'll score 200 like he did against the Bulldogs last year. And you look at the defence as well. I mean, when you look at the defence, I was looking before and I was looking to trade people, and I think, you know, the top, other than Taylor Adams, like the top averaging would and Doherty. be... Doherty. Yeah, and Doherty oh. would be... Top averaging would is, you know, like 98 or so. And, you know, yeah. uh, Shaw's, what, averaging 84.75. So, you know, if, if you don't have him, he's going to be cheap enough to get him soon. But, yeah, I wouldn't be trading him. Yeah, and he's not going to bleed a whole lot of cash from here. His break-even's like 125, 130. So, yeah. he's capable of hitting that. Bring him. Cade Simpson, Noah. I wouldn't be trading Cade. He's another one that people are going to be looking to bring in in two weeks' time for 450k. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Kate, I wouldn't be trading him. Um, he's, st- he's still good for an 80 or so. His role does worry me a little bit, but, you know, if he can float forward and kick a few goals, that should make up for the, for the touches that he's losing. But, uh, yeah, it seems as though, I mean, in the last little bit of that Gold Coast game, uh, it seems as though he was sort of playing on the wing and was getting a bit of the ball as well. Um, but yeah, wouldn't be trading him if you have him, but not many people have him anyway. So. <laughs> I think the premium that some people are looking to ship out if they do have him as a point of difference is Callan Ward. Yes. Been very underwhelming, and I reckon I wouldn't blame you if you got rid of Ward and brought in someone like a Rockcliffe or something, because there's, I don't think Ward's going to be in the top 20 midfielders this year, the way he's going with the midfield around him. Yeah, Cal Ward has done... He's, this is a prime reason why you shouldn't read too much into JLT scores. Uh, did very well in the JLT. I think we're both considering him after the JLT finish because I think he had scores of 120 and something else. Um, but yeah, he's been very, very underwhelming this year. Uh, we've both had him in the past and there's been patches where um, he's not done very well. But the thing with Cal Ward is that his best is very, very good. Uh, but his his bad is very, very, very bad. So... If you have Cal Ward, I would I would trade him to someone else for sure. Yeah, I think I would jump off Cal Ward as well. Yeah. So prioritize your options. Sloan, Rockcliffe. I I really like Rockcliffe. I think Sloan yeah. will slow down, but Rockcliffe could average one twenty five. Yeah, Sloan will slow down. Uh, Rocky will. Yeah, well, it looks as though his twenty fourteen form is back, and obviously no captaincy, so he was just playing. Um, at will, and it's just if his body holds up, that's all. As you said, he did have two dislocated fingers on the weekend, um, mm. but obviously, you know, all his injury passed, uh, so that's something to look out for, but his Rockley ceiling's huge. Like, you just can't argue with it. And I think he's really benefiting, uh, benefiting from Steph Martin as well, yeah. who is in career best form, back to his best, who is another one you should be looking to bring into your side. Falling premiums now are a few to watch out for. Not many with really high break-evens this week. Goldie, 173, mm. was back playing a bit more as that main ruckman, but with Pruce in that side, I really yeah. do not like Goldstein like as a top two ruck. Yeah. Uh, Sam Mitchell, 163, got injured. And it could be a handy point of difference, but I still think there's better options. And he's going to get rested throughout the year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because he may not play this week, I think, against Hawthorne. Um, yeah. So it depends on whether, because sometimes with these old players, sometimes if they have a little layoff like they are now, that can count as their rest for a little bit. <clears throat> but obviously, I think West Coast will probably end up playing finals. So I think towards the end of the year, obviously, when it's business time for Supercoach, uh, he will get rested. So yeah, that'll be a bit interesting. 
Yeah, especially with so many games in Melbourne at this time. Uh, they've had three games in five weeks in Melbourne. Yeah. West Coast, so uh, I would expect him to miss this week. Pendles, 152 break-even, one that you're going to have to have in your final team, but just wait and see. A lot of people are talking about this 12 minutes he spent on the bench or whatever in the third quarter, but I it's over-dramatising it. You can tell, but well, Pendle- have three, three yeah. games in 12 days. I mean, Pendles did... Count. He did explain... Did you see his explanation for... For it uh, briefly, yeah, because it, yeah, it I guess it makes sense. So the way I think from what he explained it is that you know he did his 12, 10 to twelve minutes stint, then came off. But the play, a lot of the play was on the other side of the ground, so it was pretty hard to bring someone off for him to come on. I think the play was on the other side of the ground for quite an extended period of time, which is why I couldn't come back on. Um, so I wouldn't be reading too much into it in terms of whether it's an injury or anything like that. Uh, it's just uh, poorly timed. Yeah, and Dusty 148 break even. The curse of Mitch Robinson is back and Bont is in his sights, I think. Yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me if if Dusty went, you know, 170. So he he could rise yeah. in cash still. He, he, <laughs> he could, yeah. Uh, but he's back down around 605, 610k, I believe. So with these players who break it, the break even's around 140 and stuff, I won't be sitting there saying, oh, I'm going to wait to to drop 10 more K. If you want Dusty this week, just get him this yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and as you said, uh, Mitch Robinson, hopefully hopefully for my sake, to the bond this week. <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't go near the bonds. <laughs> um, Jared Ruffhead, very interesting discussion point. A lot of people looking to get rid of him now. Scored 53 on the weekend. Hawthorne looked well and truly yeah, stuffed. Cooked, absolutely cooked. And it's great. <laughs> I, we called it a couple of weeks ago in terms of going Ruffy to Will Hoskin Elliott, yeah. and they've averaged pretty much the exact same since then. At plus, he would have banked 160k. Ruffy's break even 75 or so, so I don't think he's going to make much cash. Not a top 10 forward. Yeah, I think he has to go. Yeah, good for like a maybe a 60 to a 70, but you know what's the point of having a bloke in there if he's you know he's contributing? Great. Well, he could have he but could average 85, but that's not going to be exactly. Key. So he may it, as well yeah, him. exactly. It's not good enough. You may as well just get rid of him. Either downgrade him to obviously you know someone like Balik or something like that, or just upgrade him. Um, yeah. Yep. Talking about some bubble boys. Well, there's only two really this week who are going up for their first price change. That are rookies. Uh, Williamson, Tom yeah. Williamson, I believe it is, from Carlton, negative yeah. 53 break even. Job security, a bit iffy in my yeah, opinion. That's, I don't like his job security, especially with all the all the defenders at Carlton. Like, there just seems to be like a million defenders. Uh, they're, and they're all the same. Six. They're all like mid size. Yeah, as well. it's weird. Because um, you got what? Williamson, McCready. I think McCready would probably maybe would be the first to make way, if anything, yeah. but I still don't, yeah, still don't like his job security. Plowman, Marchbank, Doherty. Yeah. There's too too many of the same type of players. The best one, I think, is Harley Ballack. Yeah. I've been going on about him for three or four weeks. I had him as my loophole from round one, thinking he was going to play at some point. And he's starting to find form, played about 67% time on ground after playing 50-odd the week before. So Ross is getting a bit more faith in him. Yeah. Started at some stoppages, you know, center bounces mainly, kicked a very nice goal up half forward. I see Balak making you 150k and being a very reasonable bench option or even F6 if you yeah. need him or M8. And job security seems pretty good at very the moment, good. but we know that Ross uh, changes his mind on a week-to-week basis. So. But I think we're definitely Frio youth policy Bloody for sure. Kids. And yeah. Balak is, well, Lowe could be the one who would get dropped, but Balak, there's not much in terms of midfielders in the uh, waffle, like young kids who could displace him from the side. Maybe Darcy Tucker, but he's more of an outside. Yeah. Player, I think Balak is locked in the team. A few to look out for. A fair few have played one game now. Fisher, Zach Fisher from Carlton. Good first game. 70s. 74. Very good. Yeah. Did did quite good. I think he had 12 touches and a goal. Uh, Did quite well. Job security looks pretty good at the moment. Yeah. I think Carlton, they're obviously their probably youth policy as well at the moment. Um, and Zach Fisher looked like he brought a lot of excitement to the side, so I think he will. Uh, his job security, I think, is quite good for the moment. Uh, probably wait off another week just to see how it goes, but it's a, definitely a very good start. Yeah, you got to remember that if he goes and scores thirty this week or whatever, that first score is only going to be in his cash cycle for one week. Exactly. It could be like Hannon, yeah. who scored ninety six and then <laughs> has gone very poorly since then. Ben Long for St Kilda. Very highly anticipated debut, and he was a bit underwhelming. He only scored 28 mm. coach, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but I think that's it, because isn't he like the nephew of uh, Michael? 
So yeah, he's a bit of, he's an outside player, and yeah. like half forward as well. And it was pretty hard in that game on the weekend to get involved with how like stoppage based it exactly. was. Exactly. And the thing is, because I, I think obviously, well, because I didn't really hear much about him, but when I heard that he was a nephew of Michael, I thought you know it's probably you know like an exciting player or whatever it is. And generally, you know, exciting or highlight players generally don't really score that great in Supercoach, or if they do, it's very inconsistent. I like, What's you know, picket? Stephen Motlop and, you know, Pickett, exactly, yeah. Uh, Hardwick from Hawthorne, 134k yes, forward. Looked quite good, and he was playing defence, which could be lucrative. Yep, did ve- looked very, very good, Blake Hardwick, and it looks like now, surely Clarko is going to start playing the kids now, I would think. Um, so I think, you know, it looks like Hardwick's drop security is looking okay at the moment. Um, yeah, but because they've still got a lot of kids as well um, on the sidelines, but at the moment, yeah, look, did quite well. Scored, I think, 64 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he replaced Miles as well, so it wasn't yeah. as if he was replacing a season player, but, but if, I yeah. believe Virtual might be back soon, which True. Could yeah, that could, yeah. Um, and a forward, Wait another week and see, obviously. Yeah, exactly, but a forward-eligible player playing like a back, half-back sort of role um, is always good. Screams Alex Fasolo of it 2016. Oh, those are the good times. Uh, a man who is yet to debut but is very close to Ed Vickers Willis uh, was the talk of the town in preseason. Was better than Mitch Hibbard. Uh, Mitch Hibbard, by the way, got stretched off in the VFL, so I don't think we'll be seeing him <laughs> for a while. Uh, bad luck, Mitch. Uh, but Vickers Willis had 31 touches, also looked very good in the VFL. Defender 123k, mm-hmm. Andy. Has, has a very good height for Supercoach as well, that third tall intercept, so he's not going to get stuck on like a shutdown role. Yeah. I, I like him as an option. I hope he comes in because then at least uh, we'll be able to go like Hampton down to Vickers Willis, which will Vickers be a, Willis, a very yeah. nice cash crab. Um, so I think Vickers, I think it's time for Vickers Willis to come in uh, for yeah. sure. And Because I, yeah, I guess North is still on a little bit of a mini rebuild, so I reckon... Vickers Willis will come in, um, and hopefully he'll do well. Yep. Uh, moving on from rookies to a man who has a very low break even, but it's too risky in my opinion. Brandon Matera. Yeah, here we go. a discussion on the page. Uh, I put up a stat about it, and the people weren't happy. Some people believe. Some people were happy, were like, ha, ha, ha. And then a few other people who were considering uh, Matera, and the reasoning was quite solid, but at 330k, I don't know. I'm not convinced on picking off these mid-300k blokes as cash cows. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean he's, a, he's a small forward, and he's played against side, you know, two games where Gold Coast have absolutely dominated. and they've well, He's played much, in two wins, yeah. Exactly, and there's no, you know, there's pretty much been no competitiveness in the second half from either from either Carlton or Hawthorne, who they've played. Uh, so they've pretty much been able to just r- run around at will. And I think I don't think Matera's averaged over 60-something uh, in his past career. So I don't like it. And, I mean, Rodney Eater said, yeah, he's in his career best form. Um, but he's a small forward. Like, he's going he's gonna to score a 40 or a 30 at some point. Well, here is... This is just hypothetical, of course. Uh, if Omira... Uh, if Omira... If Matera... <laughs> Scores 81 against Adelaide this week, which I reckon he'll score 60. Yeah. And then he scores 86 against North the week after. He'll get to around 420k, and his break-even will be up to 90 already. Yeah. So he'll make you 80... If he averages 85 for the next two weeks, which in my opinion is unrealistic, I reckon he'll average about 70. He's only going to make you 80 or 90k, and his break-even is going to be 90 already. You're already going to have to be looking to ship him off. Yeah. So, and he has the buy in round eight or whatever it is. Round eight? Round nine. Round nine. Yeah. yeah. So, it, for me, it could really pay off if it became a top 10 forward, but I don't see him becoming a top 10 forward. And I think it's so much better doing a cash grab by grabbing, by downgrading to a Balak or even hard. I'd prefer getting Hardwick this week compared to Brandon, uh, Brandon Matera. Yeah. I think and, calling and, Brandon and, Omira. <laughs> it's just a hybrid. Um, well, the only thing I can say with this is. I did make a similar move to this back in 2014 uh, with Jackson Merritt when Jackson Merritt was half half decent. Um, I brought in Jackson Merritt. This is when he was scoring like 90s. I think I had him for for uh, three weeks. 
Um, he made, I think, maybe 100K, and then I upgraded him to Robbie Gray. Uh, so that was great. But this year, the forwards are all over the place. There's no, I don't think there's one forward that's really put their hand up and said, you know, that, you know, like, I'm a keeper, like, I'm, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, there's no... Well, in terms of bringing in, like, everyone exactly. started with Dalhouse, and Rewalt obviously, is yeah. one, but the likes of Franklin, Higgins, yeah. Mankers... all over the place. I mean, Took Miller, like, yeah, Miller looked like he was going to be maybe one that put his hand up, but he scored, you know, 60 or something on the weekend, so... If and there's small no forwards obvious as candidates. well. Yeah. Like, if Eddie Betts averages 85 and he's the best small forward in the game, how do you expect Omira? Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. How do you expect Matira exactly. to average enough to be in your side for four or five weeks at the price he's going to be? Yeah. I expect him to score 60 against Adelaide this week. He'll go up, what's that, 55, 50, 55K. You'll get him to 380K. His break even will be 25, 30 already, mm-hmm. and you'll... Be looking down the barrel of having to trade him in two weeks' time. Exactly right. Uh, would not bring Matera in, but you know, if you want to do it, then do it. I'm, I'm done. I'm done trying to convince people. Well, <laughs> I'm. I'm going to say if you bring him in and it works, we'll say well done to you. We're not yeah. here trying to say don't bring him in under any circumstance. I understand if you're like forty thousandth rank and all you care about is overall, you're going to have to take some risks. But if you want to play the percentages which Supercoach, even though it's about risk that we're going to talk about a bit later, sometimes you've got to play the percentages and yeah. bringing in these 330k small forwards probably isn't the percentage move. Exactly. Jake Spencer, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jake Spencer. I said I threw him up as a bit of a, bit of a banterous option last week and he scored 100 against Sandy. He did very, he the did mop very, of very hair, well. He looks good. Yeah, he did very, very well. Um, was floating back, uh, taking intercept marks, and was floating forward, uh, taking contested grabs and kicking goals. So, you know, was doing quite well. Has got a magnificent head of hair and a magnificent beard. Uh, is gonna if he can score a hundred against Sandy, anything's possible. Yeah, but he didn't really have many hit outs, so he's gonna really rely around groundwork and kicking goals. And he kicked two against Frio, and took a couple of intercept marks at important times, yeah. but. I don't see him. He's not going to average 100. Like, if people think he's going to average 100, it's being a bit unrealistic. I expect Spencer to maybe average 80, 75, 80. 230K, yeah. though, could yeah. be what? 15 hitouts, and he rucked all game. Yeah. So your, your team would have to be in a very awkward position to bring him in. Well, maybe if you have someone who, who could be an exactly. upgrade option. There's that's, not many. That's what I mean. There's, a, there's not really anyone. A rough head to Spencer. Would you mm. do that? Bank 150K, get in a bloke who could average 80, make you another 100K. It's a Brandon Matera situation, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, exactly. It, it's too mid... It's like people comparing it to Wits, but Wits is, was proven to score well as the number one run. Yeah. Spencer's a bit up in the air, and after one game, I wouldn't be jumping on him. Exactly. The balance in Supercoach now are risk versus reward. Mm. You don't win by following what everyone else is doing. Don't follow the herd. It's a, a very, it's a very tough... It's a very tough topic because you don't want to have the same team as everyone else but you don't want to be but if you have too many points of differences uh you're not going to score very well so well this year it almost seems like the point of difference is dead in some way at this stage there's no point of difference who has about five percent ownership who is killing it such as zach merritt last year yeah who was a forward who was doing really well who were some other because most of these blokes have been jumped on. There's a lot of reactive people, like Elliot Yo, for example. He already has yeah. like 10% ownership. Exactly. So I reckon the way to be different, which Noah and I, we were discussing as our potential trades this week, is jumping off rookies early. Yeah. I think jumping off the likes of, we're going to talk about Marchbank and Will Hoskin Elliot next. I reckon that could be the way to jump on. Then you can get on a must-have like Taylor Adams, Steph Martin, Nick Rewalt before everyone else has the chance to. Yeah. So you may be sacrificing 30 or 40k cash generation from each to get, what, probably an extra 20 or 30 points a week when you factor in what the premium's going to score plus exactly. the rookie that's going to have to come on field for yeah. you and also probably make a bit of cash because the premium will go up in price as well. So you're saving yourself cash in the long term. I, I like the idea of jumping off these rookies early. Yeah, I like it as well. I mean... And the rookies that you're sort of targeting are the ones, you know, not the, not that there's any rookies that are doing amazingly other than Andy Otten, but, you know, people like, lads like uh, Hoskin Elliott, who even though he scored, you know, 122 or His whatever. His break-even's 50 now. We'll talk about Hoskin Elliott. Break-even of 49. Yeah. 
it's getting up there. He's scored 270 in the last two weeks. Scores another 70, and he's really... Because the, uh, the 120 is out of his cycle now. Exactly. So, and one of the 70s should have really been a 50. So Yeah. Yeah. So, and his role, it doesn't seem to be as good as it was in round one or two, playing a kick behind the play at times on the wing and then going forward. He seems to be starting as a permanent half forward. Yeah. So, he's gone back to his, into his GWS role. And I think it could be time to move Hoskin Elliott on. I, at this stage, him and Marchbank are both going for yeah, me. Yeah, I think so as well. I also think Jamie Elliott may affect his role a little bit as well. Because, I mean, yeah. in the past, Jamie Elliott is, sort of plays that role where even though he's sort of like a high half forward um, on the wing as well. Um, so once Jamie Elliott gets back into it, I think that'll sort of take his role away a little bit. But yeah, I think it's time. Or it's probably you could probably easily keep Hoskin Elliott for another week or two. Um, but you probably keep both for like yeah, three weeks. Exactly. But... but I like I like the option of being able to jump off him. Uh, this, which I think we've both done or are thinking of doing. <laughs> yes. uh, Caleb Marchbank is the one I'm a bit more hesitant to jump yeah. on. I uh, jump off. Sorry. Because of how he's scoring, being quite consistent. He does have that 54 or whatever he scored in the wet against Essendon in his cycle, which will go out after this week. 46 break even, though. I see him only making another 40 or 50k, and I'm willing to sacrifice that to get off him early. But if you have other issues with your side and need to get in the likes of Balak or someone, I'd be looking as maybe another rookie to downgrade, someone who's like Taranto or someone like that, rather than Marchbank. But yeah. I, I do do like Marchbank leaving the side to open a bit of cash and a premium spot. And I think Marchbank's uh, his ceiling's about seventy. Like I don't think he's really going to go over eighty. Um, he scored well in that first game exactly. with ninety-one, but that yeah. was a bit. Supercoach scoring was very iffy. Exactly. In that first so game. I think I think his his ceilings, yeah, probably about seventy to eighty. I mean, if you can obviously, if you like, say downgrade Huskinelia to Balik, and then you know you bank whatever it is, 100, 200, 200K. Yeah, 200K, and then you can upgrade, you know, March Bank to, depending on how much cash you have, to a big premium. So whether it be, you know, Doherty, um, Howe's doing well at the moment, you know, you've, you've got pretty much as soon as you downgrade, um, you've got a lot of options um, to upgrade March Bank for. And you think if you can bring in someone um, for March Bank, you, you can be getting pretty much even an extra, you know, 30 to 40 points a week. That's what I was about to say, that, uh, people are thinking, oh, God, these guys are scoring 70, 75 for me. But say worst case, uh, like best case scenario for March Bank and Hoskinella, they average 80 for the yeah. next three weeks. There's 160 points for you. You bring in a Doherty and a Balak. Yeah. Doherty will average 110 or so, 105, 110 regardless, could average more in the next three weeks. Yeah. And Balak will average 60 or so. So you're pretty much make, you're going to get more points whilst ticking off an upgrade already. And probably... Say, example, Doherty, he probably might rise in price a bit or, say, example, get on a Steph Martin yeah. through position movement. Exactly. You're gonna, those guys are going to go up in price and you're going to have to pay that money later to get them in. Yeah. So I reckon it's worth getting off the rookies early. Marchbank and Will Hoskin are the two I've chosen, but Sam Pepper could be one that people jump off who's probably more realistic in terms that he's almost hitting his ceiling in terms exactly. of his break. Yeah, the only, break yeah, the only reservation I have about Pal Pepper is... Um, that there's really not much to downgrade into at the moment, other than Balak. Um, like there's Fisher, but up to, for me, I'm waiting for because uh, I think he'll play this week. Hopefully, he'll do quite well, and then I'm waiting for I think Myers to be named. I think once Myers comes back into the Essendon side, that'll be quite good. Um, so that's what I'm waiting for. So then I can bank some cash, then make an upgrade elsewhere. Uh, maybe like a what I'm eyeing off. Hopefully, ideally, if Heaney does well, if he gets named, he's doing like a Butler to Heaney because that'll be by the time but by the time Heaney's on the bubble, I reckon Butler will be probably what maybe three hundred k about three hundred k. It'll be what a one hundred and fifty k upgrade, which is quite good. So that is what I'm leaning to at the moment. But yeah, obviously, we don't know what Supercoach's going to throw at us. So yeah, we. The good thing with Pal Pepper as well, if you hold him, is that he has a score of, what, 41, whatever he scored on the weekend, yeah. and 50 in his cycle at the moment. So all he needs is a 60 or 70, and it really kickstarts his cash making again. He could make 70 or 80k exactly. in the next two or three weeks. Yeah. Plus, he has the buy in round nine, so it'll be easy to ship him off then yeah. and not have to worry about that. Love it. People trading Curtly Hampton, I'd hold. Breakeven yeah. a six, still has plenty more cash I was, to make. Yeah, I, was think, I was thinking of trading Curtly Hampton, but yeah, obviously um, very low breakeven and plays Gold Coast this week, so should do, you know, may do okay. So, yep. and obviously 
you know, if you trade March Bank, um, you know, you've got an extra 50k that you really don't need to worry about. So I would hold for another week or so. Yeah, and Taranto, I'd be looking to get rid of Taranto. Yeah, offload Taranto. Yeah, Taranto's cooked, I reckon. Yeah, lured everyone in in the preseason and has let us all down. Yeah. Q&A time, Noah. Yay. Eight questions here, so a bit to get through. Harry, what to do with Jager? Trade? Trade, trade. yeah, 100% trade. Uh, I don't like the fact that it... It was really weird when I, when the teams came out because it was like, what was it listed? It was, it was like knee soreness or something like knock that. Knock to knee. That's right, knock to knee. Um, so I don't know what that's about. But They were definitely trying to cover up that. Like They didn't want people thinking, oh, he's gone down with his actual injury again, a bit of an inflammation. Yeah, but yeah, Jay, yeah, I think Jager's cooked and I think Hawks are cooked, so yeah. <laughs> and also what to do with non-playing rookies such as Barrett and Eddie. Barrett should come back in. He's got yep. 170 super coach in the needful. Yep, uh, yep. Keep, definitely keep Jake Barrett. Uh, yeah, we'll probably come back in, but even if not, you can use him as a tactical loophole or a captain loophole reckon- option, so... Yeah. I reckon Eddie would come back in as well. The Port needs someone to help out Dixon as a bit of a that third tall forward. Yeah. In the two games that he played, they won. So exactly. maybe Eddie would be returning against Carlton. I don't worry too much about non-playing rookies, to be honest. I mean, if they're on your bench and you've got you know at least one cover, I wouldn't really. The only time I'd worry is if you know if you had absolutely zero cover um, yeah. on your bench. But if you've got one player playing on the bench, then you don't need to worry about it at all. Yep. Jaden, hold or trade Matt Crouch? A few people jumped on Matt Ooh. Crouch. So it was big talk in the preseason, and he's he was always going to be handball happy. Yeah. But people expected yeah. him to average 105, 110 in that Scott Thompson role from a few years ago. I'll keep the faith with Matt Crouch only if you have no other issues with your side. But yeah. if you have Trelaw as well in the midfield, I would get rid of Crouch, to be honest, because you can't have two failing midfield premiums. Yeah. It all depends yeah. on what situation your side's in like if you really need to fix something else up then focus on that like a non-performing premium isn't awful because you you know obviously they're a premium so they can obviously you know come back and score quite well um but you know if even if your side's in a really good position yeah. i would like hold even if it's un- one underperforming premium i'd hold them just for, to see what yeah. happens but if you have two yeah something's yeah. going to change and it's only round five so you just gotta yeah. you know you gotta keep the keep the faith uh matt roughhead on the block is Elliot Yo worth the go? Oh, dear. This is, it's been going through my head. Elliot Yo, the Yo Yo, as he was known <laughs> in the last few years. In the preseason, we said he was a burn man. I, the only thing positive I see with Yo is that he has an actual role now in the West well, Coast team. Well, his role's team. definitely changed. It's like, an, it's like the Hearn role, like the old Hearn yeah. role when Hearn was actually good. It's like the intercept roll off half back, the loose man, you know, sets up the attacks, takes a lot of intercept marks. Um, Uses the ball well as well. Yeah, whereas before that he was sort of like um, like a Sam Mays, like before that he was a like a sort of just a wingman, sort of just. And then know. he was forward, and then yeah. he was he was tagging at one point as well last year. Yeah, he had plenty of different roles. Would you jump on him? Is he a top six or eight forward at 480? At the moment, I would jump on him. His scores have been quite good. I think his lowest score is like an 86 or something like that, so you can't really go too wrong with that. Um, But I still feel as though if you didn't start with him, you sort of may have missed the boat. But it looks like he's going to be... It has the makings of a top 10 forward anyway. Yeah, I I do like Elliot Yo, but be prepared for the odd stinker. Yeah. If he goes down, he's not going to be a top three forward, but he could easily find himself in that top six to eight if he gets a bit more consistency about him. But last year, he did do this at the start of the year. Yeah. His scores. He had three scores over 95 to start the year yeah. and then dropped away completely. Yeah. So keep an eye out for Elliot Yo. Uh, Nicholas wants to do Tom Hickey to Elliot Yo. Tom Hickey has to go. Well, he is yeah, not a top yeah. five ruffman. We tried to tell people... Don't start with Tom Hickey. I don't know why everyone got sucked into Tom Hickey, but yeah, Tom Hickey has to really go. Even yep. Tom Hickey to Jake Spencer would be an okay trade. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, Jake, thoughts on Robertson? Looks the goods. Yeah, Dylan does, Robertson goods. used to be a whipping boy at Freo. I used to really dislike him, but he's found a very good role at St Kilda. I'd love him back at Freo. <laughs> and he's had three very good scores over 90 after scoring 70 in round one. Yeah, it's sort of like he was very... when he His first year at St Kilda... Uh, he did quite well um, in defence, and it sort of looks. Like, and then in the next couple of years, it wasn't that great. Um, it looks like he's sort of back into that role, and looks quite comfortable, and did very well on the weekend. I think one twenty six or something like that. So I think in the last couple of years, or twenty sixteen especially, I think Montagna sort of took his role a bit with that 
halfback rebound, yeah. but Montak seems a bit bit more up forward. More at forward, times. which is what he was supposed to be last year, but I believe injuries forced him to play more halfback. So I think yeah, Robertson's definitely um, the avenue out of that St Kilda back six. Well, he averaged 91 in 2015, Dylan Robertson. So he has a bit of history there of scoring well. Yeah. Um, I would take the punt on him, in all honesty. Yep, the defenders, I, I like it. There's probably four defenders at the moment which have shown themselves as top, genuine top six forwards, uh, defenders, sorry, which would be Doherty, Laird, mm-hmm. um, Adams, and Lloyd. And most be, people already have, you know, um, the, top, the three of those that you mentioned, probably not with yeah. Lloyd. So, I mean... As we were talking about before, if you go, you know, Hoskin Elliott down to Ballack, you can go Marchbank up to Dylan Robin and you can still have, what, like 30, 40k left over. Yep. Uh, Toronto to Ballack. I like that. Yeah, like that's that. a good trade. From yeah. Tom Griffin. What to do with Josh Caddy? He really fell off the radar oh, at JLT. Everyone was expecting he did, yeah. side bid, and now he's playing as a permanent forward pretty much. I think he has to go, to has, be honest. He's not going to come has, good. Yeah, has to go. I mean, a lot of people had him in the preseason. Um Pretty much due to the fact that there wasn't really that many great forward options. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely he's not playing that inside mid role that it looked like he was going to play. Uh, he has to go. Yet to get over 20 touches in a game and didn't lay a tackle on the weekend. Yeah. So that's Gone. a bit of a worry. Gone. Yeah, has to go. And the last question from another Tom. Forward premiums to bring in. So give us your top, mm. top three forward trade-ins, but not the obvious ones like Dalhouse and Rewalt. Give yeah. us some ones that in left field. Interesting. Actually, I'm going to have to look at the old, uh, the old forward line here. So I would say let's have a gaze here. All right. Well, so, a lot of people looking to bring in Tom Lynch. I would not be bringing in Tom I Lynch. I wouldn't be bringing in Tom Lynch. Um, I think Jack McRae. Jack McRae, I yep. like. Yep, he's been scoring very well. Scored 107 on the weekend. Um, Toby Green, Toby Green, to- I do Green, like. Green, yeah, uh, Green's going to be a top eight forward. I'd be jumpy on him. He's going down a bit in price at the moment. As well. He is. Um, who else? Uh, Buddy's not been that great this year. Um, He'll come. Good. He will come good. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's Buddy. Um, Eddie Betts, I wouldn't be looking uh, at. A lot of people like I'll- chasing points, but Eddie Betts, obviously, classic small forward, will go huge. Some games will not do much. What about Taylor Walker? We'll discuss Tex. Yeah, Uh, Tex has been doing very well. (laughs) He has. Is he now a 95-plus averaging forward because he's in a very good team and he looks to be getting around the ground? Yeah, he takes a lot of marks a game. I think he takes, you know, about 8 to 10 marks a game, which obviously adds to his scores and then kicks quite a few goals. Um, Averaged 100 in 2012. So he's done it before. I do like Tex as an option. It looks as though the key forward, as, we, as we've said before, is back back in fashion in Supercoach terms. So I think uh, Tex is a good option. But obviously, of course, you don't want too many key forwards because you think a lot of people with the players that they'd be looking at, people that like to chase points, could end up having a forward line of, let's say, Nick Rewalt, JJK, Tom Lynch, uh, Buddy. Tex, Buddy. That's five key forwards. <laughs> So yeah. it's like it's not it's it's like Fucking we've gone McCarthy way it's like, yeah it's like we've gone into a uh, a good old time machine back to two thousand six uh, yeah. where the game was based around the full forward but yeah you don't want too many key position players in your forward line and also you look at the people that Walker has played Hawthorne, Port Adelaide Essendon in at the start of the year people might think oh yeah Hawthorne, Essendon that's pretty good but Essendon looked very poor on the weekend yeah. Hawthorne are shocking and Port Adelaide don't really have a key defender to go with Tex. Yeah. So, yeah, you've so, got to look into and he, he did this as well, um, was it last year or the year before? Two years ago. Yeah, where he started off very, very well. Everyone jumped on him and then he uh, fell back to earth. But it's all it all depends on where your side stands at. I personally would not have more than probably two to three key forwards in your forward line. Yeah, no no more than two for me. I wouldn't yeah. count Rewalt as a key forward, but no, it's still no better, Yeah, and I wouldn't... Yeah, like I still wouldn't count him as key forward, but I mean, like against Collingwood on the weekend, he did play. I think majority of the first half. As yeah, a with forward, no so. no McCartan, he had to go back yeah. into that key forward role. But if McCartan comes back in the team, Rue will be back on the yeah. wing roaming around. But even as a key forward, you know, he's pro- he still adds another dimension to the scoring because even he'll roam around the ground, get a few touches there, get some good points there, and then add some goals to it and see even more points. So. Well, he works so hard. He's not a conventional stay at home exactly. Josh Kennedy type. You don't see yeah. Josh Kennedy getting behind the ball, getting touches. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the Q&A and the podcast, Noah. Any words of advice for the people coming up to round five? 
Um, what would I say to the people? Um, you know what? Just be patient. No, no. Silly, I was going to say be risky. <laughs> no, no silly trades. No silly trades, people. Um, remember that. I'm I'm really sick of the um of our rounds being uh, played over like the period of four to five days. That's really getting to me. Um, but obviously five days this week. Yep, five days this as it was last week as well. Um, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, I mean, you know, have have fun as much fun as you can have. Uh, but yeah, I mean, super coaches just if you feel you're not alone, super coach is giving us all a bit of a a bit of a um. I was going to say spanking, but that's probably not a great word to use. <laughs> Supercoach podcast gone sexual. <laughs> um, it's giving yeah, it's giving us a hard time. I will put I will put as that. Well, yeah, and the thing is, I wouldn't be getting too caught up into it because every year, you, everyone gets so angry at Supercoach, and the next week you just think you're saying same optimism about your team. So yeah. there's no point getting all down yourself. A lot of people are quite angry with Supercoach raging on Twitter. And all the yeah. accounts and stuff. So I just, everyone just take a just deep take breath, a chill, relax. Yeah. What's some, the worst yeah. thing that can happen? There's exactly. only one person who's going to come first overall. Yeah. All the rest of us are going to be failures. So <laughs> look at it like that. Look on the positive side. Yeah. And then I think by this round or next round, I think a lot of people are going to be like, yep, time to focus on leagues now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But and yeah. Turn very just don't, don't base your, as we've learned, don't, don't uh, revolve your weekend happiness around Supercoach. Because uh, yeah. more, more, you know, nine times out of ten, you're going to have an unhappy weekend. <laughs> so just enjoy. Um, and probably in the one out of ten that you have a good weekend, yeah. fan stuff will ruin it. <laughs> and it will go downhill. Mm. So that what we're trying to say is there's a high, highly unlikely chance you're ever going to have a good weekend. Yeah. So don't get, don't get angry. Exactly. All right, remember to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, like the podcast, follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes, leave a review. You can tell I'm reading that off a script. We'll catch you guys next week. All right, bye.